Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Come on in. Come on in. As you are coming in, be sure to drop where you are tuning in from in the chat. We want to know where you are viewing from, where you are joining us from. We want to know where our family lives. So go ahead, family, and drop where you are viewing, where you are joining this uh, Saturday sermon from. Drop that in the chat. I'm so excited. If you don't know me, I am Pastor Courage Molina of Bold Faith Community Church. And um, Bold Faith Community Church is an online church. And our goal is to introduce people to Christ and help believers learn how to study the word of God for themselves so they can apply it to every area of their life and experience the goodness, the greatness, the abundance that God has promised us. And so that's what we do here. If you are about that and you love that, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're not just here on Saturday morning for Saturday sermons. We're also here Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. EST for Mornings in the Word. Did you know that? Our Mornings in the Word are amazing. This is a time that we come together. We're live in the chat and we are reading through the chronological Bible reading plan. It doesn't matter what day we're on. It doesn't matter, you know, if you started with us or not, you can always jump in. 7 a.m., you can always watch a replay. It is just a great opportunity, um, and it's a great way, really, for you to become more familiar with the Word of God. I sh I'm sure that you've seen other sermons, whether here or someplace else, and they're referencing things, and it's like, okay, I never heard that or I don't know where that is, or I don't remember that. And we have decided here at Bold Faith Community Church that we're going to be disciples of God's word for our lifetime. And so as disciples of God's word for the rest of our lives, it is so important for us to be in our word on a daily basis, reading and becoming more familiar with the Bible. And so you can do that with us, Mornings in the Word. Go ahead and hit that little bell that's there so that you know every time that we drop something. Oh, and on Wednesday. We also have like more of a traditional podcast. Um, it's called Bold Faith with Courage Molina. Sometimes there are interviews. Sometimes it's a solo episode. But really the purpose of that is to show you what faith looks like lived out, what it looks like to have bold faith. And that bold faith can help you to overcome just about any and everything that you might be facing or anything that's keeping you from living the life that God has called you to live, whether that is um, anxiety or overthinking or procrastination. Like we just have some really great episodes and some really amazing insight women sharing their stories um, of faith and how their faith has helped them to overcome these things that often keep us from living out our best life. So I'm telling you, this is a channel that you want to subscribe to. If you don't already know that, now you know. Now, if you already call us home, go ahead and take some time to share this. You can share this in your group chat, in your friend chat, with your coworkers. Share it with whoever. Share it on your social media. Screenshot at us, Bold Faith Church, at me, Courage Molina. Share, share, share. There is a word for somebody on your timeline today. There is a word for somebody in your, um, what is it called? Your contacts. There's a word for someone in your contact. Don't worry about if they have a church. Don't worry about none of it. That's not your business. I want you to be obedient in this moment and go ahead and hit that share button and share it. Somebody's going to get it. You never know how they're going to find us. So go ahead and hit that share button. Okay. Um, so listen, I don't know about y'all, but I do a lot of reflecting. I honestly do a ton of reflecting. I do a ton of self-reflecting. I just be thinking, y'all be thinking. <laughs> I just be thinking about stuff and thinking about stuff all the time. I'm always thinking about things. And one of the things that I realized in all of this reflecting, I just reflect on different interactions and encounters with different people. Um, I started going to um, The Nest. I, that's a place where I volunteered for a long time, but now I'm there. I'm committed to being there two days a week. So I'm there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm really just doing 
whatever, whatever they need, uh, not in the classroom. <laughs> whatever they need me to do, does not go out in the classroom. But she needs me to write an email, and she needs me to, you know, do some type of, I don't know, encouraging word. I'm there for it. I'm, I'm there to do those things. Um, just don't put me in the classroom because I'm over it. Anyway, um, and so I've, as I'm like out in the world and I'm just looking at people and people watching and interacting, I realized something. I realized that one of the reasons that I am the way I am and I'm interested in reading and listening to podcasts and things like that is because I recognize that I'm on assignment. How many of you are on assignment? Drop, drop a heart if you are on assignment. And what I realize is everybody not on assignment. Everybody has an assignment. Everybody. There's a call. There's an assignment on everybody's life by God. God created us for a purpose. And with that purpose comes an assignment. But everybody's not on assignment. And so when people aren't on assignment, they get to live a different way. They get to do, you know, kind of whatever they want to do, low key. Um, I'm not saying there are no consequences. And I'm not talking about right and wrong living. Assume that everybody I'm talking about um, is living rightly, right? Not living, um, you know, not out here walling out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that comparison. I'm talking about some people are just living like day to day. They just getting up and doing whatever tasks need to be done for the keeping of their homes or whatever. And they're not necessarily on assignment. That's not to say that homemaking can't be your assignment. But everybody that's at home ain't on assignment. It's not to say that the classroom cannot be an assignment. But everyone that's in the classroom is not on assignment. Are y'all following me? I hope this, I hope y'all are following me. And so we're going to get into Acts 22 today, but the lessons that I want to share with you, the things that really stood out to me from Acts 22 are really geared towards those of you who are on assignment, whether that assignment has you in ministry, traditional ministry, uh, whether it has you in the marketplace, whether it has you in corporate, whether it has you at home, nonprofit, this is for those of you who recognize you have a call in your life and you've accepted the assignment and you're on assignment. Now, if you are not on assignment, but you know there's an assignment for you, hopefully by listening to this um, assignment today, hopefully you will get some bold faith and you will get on assignment, okay? Hopefully you will get on assignment. So before we get into it, let's just... Um, Frank, I would just thank you for an opportunity to come together. We are so grateful for the technology that allows for us to hear a word from you, that allows me to speak a word to your sons and your daughters all across the ends of the earth. Who knew that we would be able to use technology? I mean, I guess you do. And so God, for that, we are so grateful. God, I ask that you would be in this space and in all the spaces that are under the sound of my voice, that you would uh, keep them focused, that we would um, not allow distractions to keep us from hearing the word that you have, that we would hear this message that you have, God, with open ears and open eyes and an open heart, and that it would fall on good slow so that we would take hold of the message that you have. We would take hold of the wisdom that you have for us and we would put that thing to work and we would see it bear fruit god i ask these things in jesus name amen okay so are you all ready to get into this um, i'm going to be reading acts chapter 22 i'm going to read all the verses verses 1 through uh, 30 it looks like verses 1 through 30 and um and so i'm going to be reading it from the niv before we get into that it's been a minute, so let's just, it's been a minute since we've been like uh, in order, so I just want to do a little bit of a background. So Paul is on trial, is what we're getting ready to see. Paul's on trial, he's in Jerusalem. Now y'all know Paul was going all over, he was going from place to place, from spot to spot, telling people about Jesus, telling people about the gospel. And every place he went, he said the Holy Spirit was telling him that he was going to need to go to Jerusalem. God was sending him to Jerusalem and that he was going to meet trouble there. There was a prophet that confirms what uh, Paul had heard, uh, the vision that uh, God had given Paul about there being trouble in Jerusalem. So Paul knew he was going to come to Jerusalem. And so he went to all these places. And so now he's in Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit was telling him to go there. He gets there, he meets with the elders that are there, some of the elders that are of, of the way, as they call um, those who follow Christ, 
those who believe the gospel, they refer to that as following the way, right? And we'll see that here. So they're like, hey, you know, people are mad and people really think that you're out here telling folks not to listen to the law. And so they came up with this idea. There are these men that are here and their vow is about to end. Now, they enter, if you enter into a vow, um, so that means that you're going to abstain from doing something. And then if, if anything happens to you during that time, it could end your vow and you got to start that thing all over. So when they get to like the last seven days, that last week they go and they stay in the temple and they have to have make these payments, um, you know, into the treasury or whatever, and they have to shake their heads and they have to do all these things. And so they say, hey, Paul, why don't you come? We've got a couple guys here who are entering into their last leg of their vow. Why don't you give up, you know, why don't you pay for their for their rights or whatever? And he's like, okay, cool. And so he's like, I'm gonna do it. So he goes into the temple and now it's almost the end of those seven days. Um, he's purified himself. He's doing all the things he's supposed to be doing. He's even covered the cost of the end of the purification. There's an offering, a financial offering that's required. Um, and so that's set out aside in the law, in the Jewish law, right by God or in the law of Moses. And so Paul respects that. And he does that for not just for himself, but for the men that were already going to be there. Then these people that come from someplace else, they see Paul, these Jews that are mad or whatever, they see Paul at the temple. And because he was seen in town earlier with Gentiles, they make this assumption that he has desecrated their temple and is allowed a Gentile into the temple. And so they attack him and there's this huge uproar and this, the, the centurion goes and pulls him out. And it's like, who are you? Why are these people so mad? Why are they trying to beat you to death? Who are you? And so after they get him to a safe place, he asks for permission to, they get him into safety, not, not a safe place. He's still out there with the crowd. He's asking, you know, is it okay for him to speak? And so he's getting permission to speak. And so there brings us to chapter 22. So now he's addressing the crowd. He's been given permission to speak until he's addressing the crowd. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from the heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up. Be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept the testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know what I went from, know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. 
Then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him, he's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship, but I was born here, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priest and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. Amen. Okay, so here at Bold Faith, we follow this uh, Bible study method. It's one of our favorite methods. It's called the Bold Method, B-O-L-D. It's an acronym for how we look at any section of scripture, right? And so the first thing we do, the B stands for bear witness. And that's really about just a summary in your own words. So we've read the scripture. Now what? Okay, so we've read it. But what really did that say? What really happened? Well, Paul addresses them as fellow Jews, brothers and fathers, giving them his background. So he tells them who he is, where he's from. All the things he shares are things that would be they would be able to relate to and um, they would have respect for as fellow Jews. Um, he then shares a bit about his character that, you know, he recognizes. He said, I recognize that y'all are doing this because y'all have such zeal for the law. Let me let y'all know how much zeal I had for the law. I was out here wrangling folks up, killing folks, allowing folks to be killed, taking them to prison. I had so much zeal that I didn't just do it here in Jerusalem. I, for those who fled, I got a letter so I could take it to the officials in Damascus and I could bring those that have fled back here so that they could stay in punishment. I was throwing people in prison. So he's he's sharing with them and he's also helping them to see like, okay, I know that y'all are very, um, y'all got a lot of zeal. Zeal is a character trait that was um, not just respected, but it was like, it's a really good thing. That's something they like, it's something that they look up to. It's something that they aspire to, right? It's That's something that's expected. That's a characteristic that was expected that you would have zeal for the law. And so he's saying, hey, I know that y'all want to beat me to death because y'all think I'm going against the law because y'all have so much zeal for it. Well, I have zeal for it too. And this, these are the things that I have done in protection of the same law that y'all are trying to protect is what he's saying here, right? Um, he then goes on to describe the events that led to his change of heart, that led to him changing. I was actually on my way, is what Paul is saying. I was on my way to go and gather some more folks up because all this deal I have, when God knocks me off of my horse and I went blind. And I could hear Jesus talking to me. Somebody called my name and I'm like, hey, who is that? Right? Paul is describing to them what it is that changed his life, what it is that changed his mind and that changed his heart's posture towards the way. And so he's telling them, like, after all of these things happened and I went blind and then my homeboys had to bring me to Damascus. And then while I was there, there was this dude named Ananias. Everybody know Ananias. And they got a lot of respect for him in the hood or whatever. Ananias came and he spoke to me. And as soon as he spoke to me, you know, told me to open my eyes, I regained my sight. So now he's telling about this miracle that he experienced. First miracle he hears from God, then he goes blind, then he's led by his homeboys into this town or whatever. And then Ananias who is this pillar of the Jewish community comes and speaks to him. So he's still like really connecting dots for them and still wanting to keep this common ground. We see that. Um, and then he's like, you know, I was there doing all my, you know, they told me to go and get baptized and all this. And so I did that. And then I came to Jerusalem 
And then when I got to Jerusalem, you know, I was praying at the temple and then the Lord spoke to me again. And he was like, these folks are not going to listen to you, child. These Jews, they ain't going to listen. They is not going to listen. <laughs> and, he, and he even tells them, you know, even when the Lord, even when I heard the voice of God speaking to me, telling me that I needed to leave because y'all wasn't going to listen, I argue with God. I'm like, of course my people going to listen because we the same because I'm from here and they know me and they heard about me and they know my reputation. So certainly they're going to listen to me. This is what Paul is saying. And he's like, but the Lord told me, boy, be quiet. Go take this message to the Gentiles. When they heard that, take this message to the Gentiles, that's when they got really heated. That's when things went left. It was everybody was listening and leaned in. But when he talking about or the Lord sent him to those Gentiles, he was they was like, bruh, bruh. The Lord did not do it right. So they're mad. They're like, this man does not deserve to live. He should be beat. You know, all of these things. Now they no longer wanted to listen to him. Now they want him killed. First of all, side, they've been wanting him killed. If you have been with us from Acts 1 through 21, then you see these folks love to kill people. This is what they like to do. Um, and so the commander still didn't really know, you know, the commander still didn't really know what Paul's deal was or what Paul had done. He still hadn't gotten any clarity. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to beat it out of him. So that's what the commander tells the centurion to do. So now the centurion has prepared Paul to get this beating. And Paul just look at him and be like, hey, so y'all just beating Roman citizens around here? That's what y'all do? So now the man is afraid because, listen, it's not necessarily that they're in Rome, right? They're in Jerusalem, but, Rome, but Jerusalem is under Roman control. Rome was a, the Roman Empire was a superpower, okay? The Roman Empire was a superpower. And so they had, you know, they was running stuff all over the place, not just in Rome. They were running stuff all over. And so, you know, if you were not Roman, maybe you had some rights or whatever, but you certainly didn't have as many rights at that time as the Romans did. So Roman citizenship was something that was coveted. It was something that was elite, something that was sought after. Um, you could either be born in Rome, right, or born under the Roman control, in Roman control, whatever. You could be born in Rome, and so now you're a Roman citizen or born to Roman citizens, and so now you're a Roman citizen, or you could pay for it, right? Those are the options to become Roman citizens. And so the as a Roman citizen, you had rights, and there were rules and laws and things that had to be done. And while you could purchase a Roman citizenship, that hierarchy as far as that uh, elitism went was a uh, Roman, you know, born citizen. And then, you know, the paid citizenship is not here somewhere, you know, just always so, so Roman, you real Roman for real, for real. And then like up, it's up in here somewhere. Right. And so, um, so the centurion is like, hey, did you know he was a Roman citizen? So now the commander comes over to say like, oh, so you, you're a Roman citizen? I had to pay a lot for my citizenship. I paid a lot. And Paul is like, yeah, I ain't paid nothing for mine because I was born here. So even at first glance that he's a Roman citizen, there seems to be like, maybe there's this assumption that he paid for it. And so nobody cares, right? Like they're not going to beat him, but they're not as afraid. When he says I was born here, that's when the interrogators and other people back up, like, let me take a couple steps back, right? And so they're shocked. And because of his citizenship, the commander's like, okay, well, let me set you free. Let me call up these elders and these priests, and I'm going to let you stand before the Sanhedrin, and then I can really get an understanding of, you know, what your crime is or what your problem is or what, what you've done, so to speak, Right. So that's what we saw. Um, as we look back to um, the observations, right? So now we move on to, oh, which are the observations? What is it that we see? What are some things that stick out? It's not necessarily what the text says, but it's things that we saw in the text because those things will lead us to um, some lessons. Now, I said that this is for those of you who are on assignment. I don't know what your assignment is. But if you have a message, right, if your assignment is to deliver a message, you have a message about faith or about health or about 
whatever. There's a message that you have and God has called you to speak, whether through um, on video or in person, you're going to be on stage, maybe you're writing a book or whatever. There's a message that God has given you and you've been called to deliver it. There are a couple of things that we see right out the gate that Paul does that we can all also add to our list of um, things to do if we've been called to deliver a message. So the first thing we see that Paul is doing is in the scripture, we see that he is starting out with common ground. He's addressing them in a common way, not in a disrespectful way, but in a way that says, hey, we are alike. There's more that uh, we have in common that we have that is different, right? He identifies with the audience first. He does not talk to them from a place of like, I'm better than y'all, I'm smarter than y'all, y'all are so lost and I know what I'm doing. He really identifies with the audience and he establishes this common ground by telling them that he's Jewish like them, by, by the way that he addresses them, by the way he talks to them. Um, I tell them about his city and where he came from, the connection of his character to their character. He starts off by identifying uh, with his audience. And so that's something that you can do. If you have a message to deliver, you're going to stand in front of an audience. You need to identify. If you want that message, you want to increase the probability that that message is going to be well-received. Let me tell you something. God didn't give you a message for people not to listen. Okay? God did not give you a message for you to go out, but you are responsible for the delivery of that message, though. Right? You can't just be like, well, this is the message God gave me, so I'm just telling you. No, you have to take some ownership, and you have to take some responsibility in how you deliver it. Because sometimes people will miss the message because the messenger or because of the delivery method. It could be the best thing ever. But if your delivery is trash, then it may not be well received. So if you have a message, you want to start out by identifying with your audience like, hey, I understand where you're coming from because I've been there. Right. Um, you also want to share what is relevant. Paul is not sharing his entire life story. He's sharing what is relevant to his audience to connect himself to his audience and to help his audience connect to the message that he has, right? So in your delivery, I, I've seen people, you know, I've been to speaking engagements. I've had the, uh, the honor of speaking on stages, both big and small, um, being on platforms, both, both big and small. And so when you do that, you know, no matter how much time you have, you have 10 minutes, you have an hour, 30 minutes, whatever, you want to share what is relevant. So that you can connect right and so we see that paul does that he shares what is relevant we also see paul's transparency he's transparent about his experience even though it's an unlikely and also uncommon experience it's not like oh you know um I grew up going to school here or there no like wait he's talking about he was on a trip and he heard from God and he got knocked down and he went blind. Even though we see that he is sharing uh, the details of an unlikely, uncommon encounter with God, he doesn't water that down. He doesn't not share it, which I think sometimes we can do when we get ready to share our experience or share our message. We can sometimes sometimes want to water down. No, I'm not going to water down. I'm going to tell you the Lord told me. I was in the shower. I was in the car. I was on the backyard. I was taking a walk. And while I was walking, I could hear the voice of God. While I was um, in the shower, I got a divine download, right? I'm going to tell you about this experience. I'm, I'm not going to water it down. I can see here that Paul is transparent. And so if you have a message, then that that's those are three things right there. That's just like a little bonus. That's not even the point of my sermon. I got some, <laughs> I got some lessons I'm going to share with you from the observations or whatever. But I just want to share that. That's just like a bonus. If you are, um, if you're on assignment and your assignment has you as a messenger, um, you can immediately see some things that Paul did that you can apply. He started with common ground. He shared info that would that they would relate to. So he's sharing what's relevant to his audience. Um, and then he was transparent. I think sometimes we miss the opportunity to really connect um, because we're afraid to be transparent. All right. Now I'm going to give you these 11 
lessons. I'll connect, I'll connect them to the observations. Like where, where did I get this lesson from? Where she got that lesson from? I'll connect it to the scripture. Don't worry. Um, but now I want to give you, I have 11. I'm looking at my time. Let's see if I can get through all 11. Um, lessons. So if you take notes, you definitely want to start taking notes now. Lessons or tips or whatever you want to call them for those of you who are on assignment that we can take from Acts chapter 22. This is why I do this. Let me just tell y'all how, like, Bold Faith Community Church um, approaches the word this way because we understand that God is not, has not given us a word or given us a revelation for us just to be excited and inspired. He's given this revelation to us, this word to us so that we can apply it, so that we can be obedient. So it is our custom here that whenever we are studying the word of God, we are looking to hear the voice of God. We are looking for lessons that we can apply to our life. We are looking for insight and wisdom um, so that we can create some action steps because it's in that participation with the Holy Spirit giving you this understanding and revealing the wisdom and giving you this insight that you're to do something with it. That's how transformation happens. That's how you transform, right? When I renew my mind, I make up my mind. I get these revelations so that I can apply them to my life. And so that's how we get to the lessons. So here we are. I have 11 lessons for you. If you are on assignment, um, share this with anybody that you know that's on assignment. Here's the thing. When you're on assignment, let me, you know, it's about to get good. When you're on assignment from God, anybody, um, first of all, if you can relate to this, you can just put a little heart in the chat if you can relate to this. When you're on assignment from God, it is always something that seems like it is too big for you. It seems like you're not the right pick. It seems like you are not actually equipped or qualified. It seems like there are a million other people in the world that are better qualified to do this work. Or is that just me? Like every time I get an assignment, I'm like, you want me to do this assignment? Okay. Or I've gotten to a place now where I just smile and kind of laugh a little at the assignment because <laughs> I'm like, okay. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, never would have thought that that would be my assignment because I know all the things that I've done and I know all the things that I don't have yet, right? I'm, I'm very aware of uh, my lack of education or credentials or experience or training or whatever. So when the Lord gives me an assignment, I'm like, okay. So I just kind of laugh, right? Um, is, that anybody, is that anybody else? That's just me. Drop a heart if that's you. So, okay, let's get into these lessons. Even when you can't see, you can still obey. I can stop right there. That's that's number one lesson. Even when you can't see, you can still obey. Even when you don't know how it's going to work out. Even when you don't know all the steps. Even when you don't see the money in the bank account. Even when you don't see the outcome. Even when you don't understand journey. Even when you don't see, you can still obey. Paul was actually physically blind. It blinded him. But when God told him to go to Damascus, guess what? He still went to Damascus, right? So even though you might be blind, even though you may have some blind spots, even though you might not be able to see where God is taking you, even if you are not able to see how this is going to work out, you don't know how these people are going to change. You don't know how it's going to get any better. You don't know how your body's going to be healed. You don't know how your income is going to be increased. You don't understand. You don't know how you're going to get this breakthrough. You don't know how you're going to be reconciled in that marriage. Even when you can't see how it's going to work, you can still obey God. Whatever God told you to do regarding that ministry, whatever God told you to do regarding that marriage, whatever God told you to do uh, regarding those children and that money and that mindset and that uh, your healing, your body, that like whatever God told you to do, even though you can't see how it's going to work out, you can still be obedient. Ain't that something? Lesson number one, even when you can't see, you can still obey. Amen, somebody. Right. Next lesson. You need to take the help when you know you need it. You're on assignment. You do not have time to be out here trying to figure out everything by yourself when you identify that you need help. Paul could not see. He allowed them to help him, the people he was with, his friends, 
his workers, his whoever, he allowed them to guide him to Damascus. He needed help. Can you imagine Paul walking around blind, knowing that he needs to get to Damascus because that's where the Lord told him to go. So I know the Lord told me to do this. I have a heart that wants to be obedient, but I ain't going to let nobody help me. I think that because God called me to do it, I have to do it on my own. I can't accept help. Listen, friend, take the help when you know you need it. I know I cannot see. I know I don't know how to do this. I need somebody to help me to do the thing that God has called me to do. I need somebody to guide me. I know that God has called me to parent, but I do not know how to parent these kids. It's 2023 and my kids are 26, 23, and 21. I don't know how to do it. I know that the Lord told me to do. I know that this is my assignment. I'm ready to obey God, but I might need some help. I know that God told me to be a good steward of my money and I have money coming in, but I don't really know how to set up this system. I know that God has called me to lead this church. I know that God has called me to start a, a podcast. I know that God has called, but I actually don't know how to do Take the help when you know you need it. Paul got right to the place he needed to get to. He got right, why? Because he allowed somebody to help him because he got the help that he needed. Take the help when you know you need it. You know you need the help, so go ahead and take it. And that doesn't even make any sense. Lesson number three, realize that obedience is the key to your clarity. You need to realize that, that there is a place where you can't see. There's a place where you lack clarity, where the vision doesn't seem clear. There are steps that seem muddy. And God's not asking you to do all those steps, right? He's just asking you to be obedient, right? He's just asking you to be obedient. And in your obedience, that's when you will see the clarity, okay? In your obedience, you'll see the clarity. You'll start to, are you with me? In your, listen, listen, if Paul, if Paul had not, been obedient, he wouldn't have gotten the sight. Some of you are just sitting and waiting. Okay, I know what God told me to do. I understand the instructions clearly. I know what the Lord told me to do. But I'm not doing it because I don't want to accept help. I'm not doing it because I can't see the way clearly. I'm not doing it because I don't know, you know, every single thing and how it's going to turn out. Or I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that. But what you don't understand is that that clarity that you are seeking, that confirmation, that vision, that sight that you're seeking is going to come through your obedience. Um, lesson number four, you might not be qualified. But God has chosen you because you're available. That's what makes you a good pick, because you're available. Because sometimes the enemy will tell you, like, oh, you're not qualified. Paul, do you think Paul was qualified to spread the way? Do you think, do you, like, let's, for a second, let's just be 100% honest. I'm going to just go back. I'm going to go back right here. Uh, I'm just going to go back. It is verse 4. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death. You think he qualified to now be the spokesperson for the, for the way? Excuse me, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. Does that sound like the person? I'm like, would you pick Paul? I mean, just like, I know we know he did all the New Testament, all that stuff, but before that, if you just saw his resume and you heard his reputation, would you choose Paul to be the mouthpiece? Because Paul hasn't changed yet. When God chooses him, he hasn't, he hadn't changed yet. Verse 14, this is right after Paul gets his sight. Then he said, this is Ananias speaking to Paul. The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be a witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. Paul has not made up his mind yet. Paul has not changed yet. Paul has not shown himself to be different yet. 
so how is it that God chose him? Because God doesn't didn't choose us, doesn't choose us because of our qualifications. He chooses us for his purpose and he chooses those that are available. Are you available? That's it. Well, there's somebody more qualified. Yeah, oh, there might be somebody more qualified, but they may not be available to do the work of God. Are you available? So when the enemy is trying to tell you, oh, you're not qualified to do that work, you can tell the enemy to shut up. I might be qualified, but I'm available. And that's what qualifies me. My availability. <laughs> I'm available to be used by God. So I don't need that degree, training, experience, those numbers. I don't need that backing. I don't need that support. I don't need that whatever. Whatever it is the enemy is trying to tell you that you don't have. I don't need that in order to do this. All I need it to be is available. Somebody say available. And so that means that God can use me. God has chosen you. That's the thing that qualifies you. And he's, I want you to pay attention. I don't know who this is for. You'll feel like God can't choose you or God hasn't chosen you because right now you're in a difficult situation. Okay, God. Okay, God. I don't know who this is for, Ooh, but you need to shut your mouth. Talking about God can't use a person. Somebody, somebody, somebody is judging. Uh-uh. Stop judging folks. God chose her right where she at. I don't know who that's for, but God chose her right where she at. You think that she can't be chosen because she's in a mess. Look at Paul is in a dang on mess. He was on his way to do something right against the followers of the way. He was on his way to persecute. He was on his way to drag them back so that they could be flogged and imprisoned for believing in Christ. That's what he was on his way to do. And God still had chosen him. So just like um, Jesus chose Paul when he was Saul. Jesus has chosen her, whoever she is. I don't know who that's for. You think she cannot be used because of the, the lifestyle she's living. The Lord, is, the Lord has chosen her. The Lord is about to put his hands on her and things are about to be different. Honey, sometimes we be speaking against what the Lord is. Sometimes we be running our mouth against a miracle that we about to have a front row seat to. Oh, I know the Lord not about to use her. Instead, we should be like, oh, uh-uh. Let me watch the Lord use her, baby. I'm about to be a witness. Instead of that sitting back and oh, I know, I know, Lord ain't about. To, I know He ain't about. To, I know He not about to use her. I know He not. Why not? Why can't the Lord use her? He used Paul. He chose Paul. Why can't the Lord use you? Paul talking about all this stuff he did, and the Lord still chose him. Now listen. Uh, just because you're chosen don't, doesn't mean you're ready, though. Just because you've been chosen, it don't mean you're ready. He immediately tells Paul that he's got to get, you know, he's got to get baptized. He's got to repent for his sins, and he's got to call on the name of Jesus, right? Get up, uh, verse 16, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. So you might be chosen, but you might not be ready. You may need to do some prep work. And that might, I mean, this right here specifically is talking about getting your heart right. You're chosen. God's called as an anointing on you. But um, you need to get your heart right with God. I'm not saying you got to get your life right, your, your um your patterns of behavior. I'm not saying you got to change your whole wardrobe in order for God to, I'm saying you got to get in your heart right. He's talking about salvation here. Be chosen, but you might need to get your heart right with Christ. If you stand on the outside of God's will for your life, outside of salvation, you want to come to know Christ. You need to come to know Christ. How can I do the work that God has called me to do if I'm still an enemy to him, if I haven't chosen him um, as my Lord and Savior? Um, and um, for those of you who are on assignment, I don't want you to get caught up in the assignment because the assignment is subject to change. We see that with Paul. The assignment is subject to change. Initially, Paul was sent to all these places to um, talk. Initially, Paul was sent to all these places, including Jerusalem, to preach to the Jews. He was sent to all these places, but uh, his assignment has changed. God's like, they're not going to listen to you. So I'm going to change your assignment. Your assignment is subject to change. 
So maybe you have done something for 10 years, 11 years, 20 years, but now your assignment has changed. Your assignment is subject to change. So don't get caught up in that. Don't get stuck in a season that is over. Don't get stuck in an expired overdue past due assignment. That assignment is done. Now the Lord has a new assignment. I don't know who that's for. Your assignment is subject to change. You initially started out, this is my assignment. Listen, I started out with content. I'm teaching women content, um, how to create great content, curriculum, content strategy. That's what I started out with, entrepreneurship, um, strategies and things like that. And that's what I was called to do in that season. Um, but my assignment changed. I struggled. I struggled a little bit. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I ain't going to hold y'all. I struggled a bit. But your assignment has changed. How Who among you is struggling to let go of the old assignment. You need to recognize that your assignment is subject to change. And listen, another lesson we see is it may not make sense, but you can trust God anyway. Paul is going back and forth with God saying it doesn't make sense for you to tell me to leave Jerusalem where all these Jews are here. These are the people that should be able to rock with me. It may not make sense, but you can trust God anyway. It may not make sense. Listen, I'm going to tell you all this. Um, this is 2023 right now. I think in, I don't even remember when. Oh, it must have been 20, 2022? Last year? It was sometime last year. Okay, let's just go ahead and say it was last year. Maybe it wasn't. If it wasn't, it's just my memory. Okay, let's say it was last year. I was doing Courage Mastermind. And Courage Mastermind was a 12-week mastermind for entrepreneurs and it basically helped them to set up their systems in their business not just in their business but in their life uh, systems that would help support them as they built these purpose-driven businesses because my clients are uh, women my clients were women of faith who understood that their assignment even in the marketplace was ministry they were called by god to do it and when you realize that there are some different challenges that we face as purpose-driven entrepreneurs, as believers, right? Um, some people use the word faithpreneurs. Doesn't necessarily mean that your business is a faith business. It doesn't mean it's in ministry. You could be a travel agent. Um, you could be a health coach, right? So, but because you're doing this assignment, you understand you've been called from this to do this work by God. There's just some different obstacles that we face as um, those of us who are doing purpose work. We just face some different obstacles. You know, it's just it's the enemy we made at our work. And so there are systems that need to be put in place to help um, support you as an entrepreneur. And so that's the program that I ran. I ran that program for a few years. And in my last year, I hit uh, six figures for the first time ever. Um, and it was great. It was lucrative. I had a wait list. There were women who wanted to get on. Um, on that wait list, I sat down. I made some strategies, um, some changes to it. I was like, okay, I'm going to run it again. This time, you know, in 2023, I'm only going to take 10 women. And, I'm, you know, I'm going to charge this amount. Um, and I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm like super excited about this or whatever. And the Lord changed my assignment. And when I tell you I didn't make any sense, because Courage Mastermind um, is what allowed us to uh, kind of level up in our lifestyle. And Courageous Discipleship, while I've run that for many years, probably as many years as I've run um, Courage Mastermind, I will tell you this, it's easier, it was easier to sell Courage Mastermind. It was way easier to sell. I only needed to take 10 women. I could do two sessions. Two, um, two launches a year. And so, boom, that was great. It, and it was an easier sell because people know that they need systems because they're not getting their work done. People know they need systems because they're not getting their work done. But he was like, shut all that down. I also had a membership for those women. Women were in it. Women were ready to renew. The Lord said to shut that down. Can I tell y'all that didn't make any sense at all? That literally made no sense. It didn't make any sense. People were asking me, are you sure you heard from God? Oh, honestly, I don't know. But every time I pray, <laughs> can I can I be can the pastor be honest with you? No. I'm like, honestly, 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm sure it's God. I'm like, but every time I go back to my Bible and I'm reading and I'm, you know, getting this word and this confirmation, it is that we shutting that down. Makes no sense. But guess what? Even though it didn't make any sense at all, I trusted God. And so I no longer do that mastermind. I only have courageous discipleship. And obviously I'm the pastor, so I have the church. But on my business side, um, the only coaching program right, that I have is courageous discipleship, which makes no sense because it, it's at a lower price. Um, it's not that easy to get people to enroll in it, believe it or not. Not as easy as the mastermind because people don't realize that the thing that's keeping them from leveling up in their life because they don't know how to study the Bible. People don't recognize that. They don't know that they need that. Um, so it's, it's, so it's a hard to sell. It just didn't make any sense. You know, it just didn't make any sense. But guess what? Trusted God. And it has been such a freeing thing. It's just been such a freeing thing to only focus on courageous discipleship and the church. Like y'all don't even understand. So even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't make sense, Paul was saying it didn't make sense. This makes no sense. They, I should be able to stay in Jerusalem and kill it here because I'm Jewish and these people are Jewish and all the stuff that I did, they know about me. I should be able to, the Lord was like, no, that ain't it, bro. This ain't it. No, didn't make any sense. Okay, God, I've been asking you to have financial freedom and so that we can serve more, we can give more, we can live better. We don't have to be struggling to get this and get that. We can, you know, easily get the things that we need so we can have some time enjoying one another, right? Been praying for that. And the Lord's like, okay, shut down your most lucrative business, your most lucrative product. I'm sorry, say what now? Reduce the price of your one on one. I'm sorry, say what now? Don't make no sense. Sorry. So that doesn't make any sense, right? Even when it doesn't make sense, you can trust God. And when you start trusting God and you go into that space, it's just, it's, you don't even know what's waiting for you over there. So my advice, and you can see Paul's example, is for us to trust God even when it makes no sense at all. I'm going to run through these last few um, because of time. Don't carry unnecessary baggage with you. Paul didn't seem to have any guilt, right? He's like, I stood there. He's like, okay, this is why it should work in Jerusalem. I stood there and held the coats of those who killed Stephen. This is why they should listen to me because I was more zealous about persecuting the way than anybody else. He didn't say that with any guilt. The reason that they should listen to me is because I was a teen. They, these folks should be listening to me because I got it out the mud. These folks should be listening to me because I was pregnant three times. I was pregnant. I had three kids before I was 21. So they should definitely listen to me because I'm from here. This is my neighborhood. I grew up in the streets. I grew up in the projects. They should definitely listen to me. This is my family. They know me. They seen what I came through. They seen what I've been through. Right? He have no shame about that. Some of you have been through things and you are carrying the baggage of those things. You don't understand like Paul did. This is something that really could qualify me if these folks was willing to listen. It's really the thing that makes who I am and where I am right now more miraculous. He did not carry unnecessary. He did not carry the baggage of his past decisions. Decisions she made before he was Paul. Paul, come on, Jesus. Oh, that's good. Paul did not carry any guilt for the decisions that were made by Saul. So before he came to know Christ, before he saw the light, <laughs> before he got his sight, he made a lot of decisions. He did a lot of things. He didn't allow those decisions to drag him down. He didn't carry those things as baggage. What are you carrying as baggage? You need to drop those bags, honey. You are a new creation. Old things have gone away. That stuff is old. That's the old you. This the new you. So maybe I did do those things. Maybe I was pregnant. Maybe I was fast. Maybe I was fighting. Maybe you were addicted, right? Maybe you were promiscuous. Maybe you did have an abortion. Maybe you didn't believe in God before. Maybe you were doing all the things that you shouldn't do. Maybe you weren't a great parent, right? Maybe you were crap. Maybe, maybe all those things. Okay, that's, that's true. I'm not carrying that baggage. I cannot carry the weight of that in this new season that God has called me to. I got to let that dead weight go. Don't carry unnecessary baggage with you. 
and go wherever God sends you. But he was like, okay, you know, Jerusalem not going to listen. Go to the Gentiles. And he went. That's why they met, because he went to where the, go wherever God is sending you. I used to say, go where you're celebrated. Bump that, go where you're sent by God to go. Wherever he's telling you to go, whatever neighborhoods, communities, audiences he's calling you to, go there. We started, let me just say this. Okay, God, I hear you. Okay, I've been looking for an answer. The Lord is answering some things for me right now. Listen, listen. We started out as a church for women. We're an, I used to say that all the time. Welcome to Bold Faith Community Church. We're an online church for women. Listen, I'm going where God is sending me. Okay? And I know that there are a lot of people who believe that the Gentiles, okay, should not be allowed to be a part. I, I know that I know that there's a the law of Moses that gave them some instruction about being separated and who they could deal with and who they could offer things to. But now God is sending them to sending Paul to the Gentiles. I know that when I started this, my heart was only for women. I know that when I started this, uh, the assignment was for me to serve women. But baby, it's a new assignment. He's changed the assignment here at Bold Faith Community Church. Uh, we're no longer an online church for women. We're an online church, period. We going where we're sent. We're not going where we're comfortable. I'm not even sure I'm 100% comfortable pastoring men. I'm not 100% sure that, that, I, that I'm comfortable with that. But I'm not going where I'm comfortable. I'm going where I'm called. I'm going where God is sending me. And that's what Paul did. Paul went where he was sent. Friend, that's what I want you to do. I want you to go where God is sending you. Don't worry about whether or not they welcome you. Don't worry about if they roll out the red carpet. Don't worry about whether or not they celebrate you. It's okay if they're only tolerating you. It's okay if they're downright hostile. It's okay if they don't have the fear of God because the power of God is still there. The protection of God is still there. The provision of God is still there. We are going to go where God is sending us from obedience, from a place of obedience, because we don't need to be worried. And listen to this. The next lesson is let them hate. Okay? If that somebody gonna hurt, somebody's gonna be mad at your assignment. Somebody is gonna be mad that Pastor Courage Molina of Bold Faith Community Church thinks so highly of herself that she thinks that God could use her to pass in. Well, guess what? I'm going to let them hate. It's whole videos out there dedicated to shut up women pastors, to tell us to shut our mouths. Child, Bob, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm a pastor who God has called me to pastor and I'm going to go where I have been sent. And so now God is sending me to both men and women alike. Come on, somebody. God is sending you to a place and because of your assignment, they're going to hate. You know what you should do about your haters? Let them hate. If they hate, then let them hate. They can like it or they ain't got to like it. They was mad. Let them hate. It didn't stop Paul from opening his mouth. The last thing I want to leave you with is that nothing is wasted. God, so Paul is about to be flogged. And Paul's protection against this beating comes because of his uh, born citizenship. He had no part in that. He, he didn't make himself a Roman citizen. He, he had no part in that. He just, he was born into it. He didn't get to choose that. You didn't get to choose a family that you were born into. You didn't get to choose the skin that you were born. You didn't get to choose the body that you were born into. But nothing gets wasted. God is working together all things for the good of those who've been called according to his purpose. It's not all working together for your good if you're out here well enough, but it's all working for the good of those who've been called according to the purposes of God. God created you with the purpose. He created you for purpose. He created you on purpose. And so he's going to be able to use all those things. Nothing is wasted. That experience that you had, that abuse that you went through, that neglect, um, some of the things that you did, the abuse that you caused, the, the pain that you, he's going to use all of that. Nothing is wasted. God will use it all. And maybe you're thinking, 
God cannot use me because I have not accepted him as my Lord and Savior just yet. Maybe that's what you're thinking. God cannot use me because I haven't accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me. Thank you, God, for saving me and for giving me eternal life with you. Amen. Now listen, the word of God says that if you say it and you believe it, that settles it. And I want to be one of the first ones to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad that you are here. Now listen, while the decision to um, get into relationship with Christ is one that's an individual one. God has not called you to live in isolation. So we'd love to gather around you, get some resources in your hand, go to praise at oldfaithchurch.org, send us an email and let us know that you've accepted Christ for uh, your Lord and Savior, as your Lord and Savior, so we can uh, get you connected, get you plugged in, and get some resources in your hand that will help you along this journey. Maybe you've decided today, you know what? It is time for me to get in community, and Bold Faith Community Church is going to be my church. Send me an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org. You can also send emails there to let us know how this ministry is blessing you, um, how it is changing and transforming your life. We want to hear that. We need to hear that. We love to hear from you. Now, listen, um, if you want to be a part of what we are doing here, you want to help us to deliver more messages like this to women all over the world. I know I say women, but I mean to women and men all over the world, to people all over the world. You can give your tithes and offering also at boldfaithchurch.org. You can do that at boldfaithchurch.org. Um, be sure to <laughs> go there. I just keep thinking like, oh, I'm steady saying women. I'm going to practice y'all. Fellas, y'all just give me some time, okay? Um it's, it's new. It's been a long time with just me and the ladies. So just give me some time, fellas. Give me some time. I'm, I'm going to stop forgetting y'all are out there. Um, and if this has blessed you, go ahead and like this video. If you didn't subscribe at the beginning, you can subscribe right now. Now, listen, we are talking about these lessons are for people who are on assignment. And it's great that I gave you all these lessons, but now it's time to put those things into action. What does it look like, right? What Okay, so now that you know, even when you can't see, you can still obey. What is the thing that you haven't done that God told you to do, right? Like now it's time for us to get these things, put these things into action, create some actionable steps. That's where real transformation happens. I'm glad that we got a great revelation here, some interpretation here. That's wonderful. Now it is time for application because that's what leads to transformation. And we are all about that here at Bold Faith Community Church. I'd love for you to join us. Um, you can go to the website, boldfaithchurch.org, so that you can get the Zoom link. The Zoom link is also dropped in the um chat to it's pinned in the chat so you can go there fellas y'all are welcome to join us if you're here you are welcome i can't believe i said that oh my gosh fellas if y'all are out there y'all welcome to join us um oh let me tell y'all but ladies don't worry there is a place they cannot join us and fellas it's just not y'all time yet y'all can pray and ask the lord and then he'll help us do something about it uh where they will not be is at faith ignited retreat it's no fellas it's gonna be all ladies don't worry ladies if you don't know if you haven't gotten your tickets yet Faith Ignited Retreat is July 12th to the 15th, um, 2024. I know it seems like it's a long time away, but we will sell out. There are only 30 spots because it's a retreat and not a conference. We like to keep it small, intimate. Um, people, women, ages 14 and up can register. You can be 14 and up. I know that seems super young, but my uh, my little cousin went with me um, this last year. She served. It was such a beautiful thing to see the impact that it had on her. And um, it was also great for her to get to hear, you know, some of the mistakes that we made in our life because we were still very transparent. So I'll say that it's, it's we still will be transparent. Okay. So 
you can let your kids come. Girls, 14 and up. <laughs> um, they need a ticket, though. You got to go ahead and you can get two tickets. There's a bestie option. Anyway, if you want to hear all the details, go to boldfaithchurch.org and you can reserve your spot right now. Don't wait. It is going to sell out and you're going to miss something. Don't say nothing. You're going to miss it. Then you're going to be mad and you should be mad at yourself. Okay, because I'm telling you about it early. You're here. You're hearing about it. All right. I'm actually over an hour. It is time for us to get into this community. I cannot wait to see you um, again. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org and it will bring you to the Zoom link if you didn't see it. Um, if it's not pinned there, you'll be able to see it uh, and you're welcome to join us. This is for everyone's welcome. Can you believe that? Ladies, you've, I'm telling you all now, um, everyone's welcome. So. We're on camera, y'all, so y'all be ready now, because everyone's welcome. Sometimes we have our bonnets on, you know, so now it seems like it's going to be more of a public thing. It's fine, though. <laughs> everyone's welcome, so y'all come. All right, that's it. I love y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to see you inside the community. I hope to see you on the Zoom conversation we're about to have. If not, see you on Monday with Mornings in the Word. All right, love y'all. Bye. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.